0: Hello, and welcome to Shaken Heights, the podcast analyzing the novel Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste, Inc. I'm Aislinn Bostic. So in this episode, we will be doing a guest interview. And technically, we were supposed to grab someone who has actually read the book and, like, has a passion for it and all that. But by the time I started looking for people to do that, it was kind of too late to find somebody who could do that. So instead, we're going to be talking about specific themes in the book. And we're gonna be talking about it with my brother. Say your name.
1: Hello, I'm Quentin Bostick. Cool.
0: Um so I'm just gonna ask him questions about themes about two themes related to the book and one main idea related to the book. Um I may talk a little bit about the book, but he's not going to really know much about that, so (laughs) we're going to talk about the themes, um, and hopefully that'll kind of help broaden our understanding over the course of the podcast of the book itself, Uh, so do it well. I guess I should note that I'm probably just going to leave the mic running instead of stopping every few seconds like I do in normal podcasts. So there may be some long, awkward moments of silence. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's get started. So our first big theme, our first big topic in the book is money. So let me ask you a question: Does money? Do you think money leads to
1: happiness? No. <laughs> Why not? Well, you see, you can't buy happiness. Like I don't have a lot of money, but I'm happy. And,
0: and. And that's something that we see in the book. Um, me and um, me and Pearl, they both are very poor. They live in the back of their car. Basically, they live off of a little grocery bag of food. Um, but they still have a much closer relationship than the Richardsons do, even though the Richardsons may seem like they do. Um, but, yeah, that does seem to be a major theme of the book. Uh, to it?
1: And you don't have to have, uh, like, expensive or fancy things to have fun. Like, you could have fun with, yeah. like, a paper plate or something. Like yeah. you could throw it around like a frisbee. You could you, just
0: you taped two you taped two paper plates and like a what, a cup together and you used it as a frisbee? What oh, was it, like three days ago?
1: Yeah, I made a flying saucer out of it. And um like you like pizza pizza can make you happy. <laughs> pizza. <laughs> yeah. And you know, some p- pizza is only a couple bucks. You don't, you know, you don't spend. I don't
0: think me and Pearl could ab- afford pizza, I and mean, not all the time, anyways. But I mean, the Richardsons could have. I'm pretty sure they had pizza one time in the book,
1: but I can't remember. Which uh, what time period was this book in? Uh
0: around the seventies, eighties.
1: Yeah, seventies and eighties. There's some good music from the seventies and eighties, and um, and like about being happy, like, and. And and music is well.
0: Today it's kind of free, but I mean back then you have to pay for it. So like, money is a cheap happiness. It's not necessarily related to money.
1: and you d- uh, you can have fun and just talk and it can make you happy. Yeah. You can just talk and it makes you happy and it doesn't cost you any money to to talk.
0: And overall I think that's what the book itself is trying to say is that money can't buy happiness.
1: And if running makes you happy, you don't have to pay to run. I mean, unless you have, like, a small yard or and can't go anywhere to run. We'll bikes in the book. That's really running, but... Yeah, biking is, is good. Biking, biking is fun.
0: Exercise.
1: Well, biking isn't, like, because the bike, it's set up, it's not, you can go faster on a bike than you regularly can, and you can also do it easier, um and biking is just fun in general and you just have fun on a bike you can ride it around you can ride it around some more you know you can keep riding it around you can jump some ramps on the bike you can you can ride some drops offs on a bike well yeah maybe around like 200 bucks some bikes Or, or, or you could go to, like, a junkyard, find some parts and make a bike if you're good at, uh, stuff. And
0: that's kind of something that I feel like me and I would do. They, they kind of grab stuff from thrift stores and, like, out of dumpsters and off the side of the road and stuff to use because they're so poor. So, like, I could see that being a thing.
1: And, like, um, back to the topic of music, you could, like, you might be able to make some, take some strings and, uh something like a shoebox and put it together and make some sort of musical instrument
0: i don't think there's much music in the book but there is moody and pearl's shared love of poems and something that i find weird that i may have brought up in a previous episode is that moody buys pearl a notebook and is just like having this pride of like, oh, Pearl is gonna write all of her poems in this book, and like, I'm going to claim her, and like, this weird, like, okay, I bought this, and so I bought her kind of thing. It, it, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, something that's a similar question that has a bit more of a complicated answer, I feel like, in the book itself. Um... Author Rebecca McNutt once said, money isn't everything, it's the only thing. So my question is, is money everything? Is money what runs our social structure? Is money what determines who is better? Or does money determine how skilled you are in a way?
1: Well, money doesn't really determine how skilled you are. Like, you could be a skilled carpenter and make some of the best wood stuff, but you might not have that much money. But with, like, social structure and stuff, uh, people who have more money can buy st- more stuff, obviously. But... Also, there is, um, like. Well. <laughs> uh, and we're divided into classes based on money, like upper, middle and lower classes based on money. And a lot of people involved in politics are richer people. You'll see that a lot. Um...
0: because in the book the richardsons are richer they have the nicer house they have the nicer jobs they have more opportunities but when you look at mia's work it's stunning and beautiful and amazing and it makes you wonder is money everything or is money the means to have more opportunities just because you have more opportunities, doesn't necessarily mean that the opportunities of other people are lesser. You know what I mean? Mia's work is gorgeous, even though she has very little to work on. And even though Mrs. Richardson and her newspaper, even though she is very successful in that, and she could even go on if she wants to, her, her passion is more towards improving the community because she can. She doesn't really have to fight for her opportunities as Mia does and I feel like because of that Mia's work is almost better even though she has a lack of resources and lack of opportunity compared to this Richardson.
1: Now talking about opportunity um so stuff like college costs uh a lot of money. So as mom
0: would say, a buku amount
1: of money. <laughs> <laughs> Family <laughs> inside joke. <laughs> so if you don't have a buku amount of money <laughs> then there's some things you might not be able to afford. In modern society, you need money for everything. To eat, to basically even to sleep in a way. Because with, with money, you can buy the property that you build your house on, that you build your bedroom in, that you build your bed in.
0: The things that you see in um the movie The Lorax, you know, how they had to like pay for air, like we're we're practically to the point where we have to pay to breathe, you know.
1: Did I completely cut off your thought? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh Oh, we can
0: cool. so the next one is going to be relationships and I don't really want to say that that means specifically like dating relationships but in the book especially it's more about familial relationships and like friendship bonds and stuff mm-hmm. like that so just like overall social relationships so my first question is can you fake
1: love? Can you buy love? No.
0: Can you go more in depth with that?
1: Uh Uh. Okay, okay. Okay,
0: here. I got you. Um so can you fake or can you buy love?
1: Well, wait. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard to fake it because you don't feel like it and you can't buy it because you're not gonna uh you're not um well, you can't buy it because it's how you feel. And you can't buy feelings. So true love can't be bought? No. Wait, like, no to what I said? Or, like, no, it's like... Like, no, like, it no, can't no it can't be bought. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, yeah, and in the book, they kind of talk about this. With the Richardson's, they have a very structured life. And even though I don't think the love that that family has is fake necessarily, I do feel like a lot of it is forced, um, like I said earlier with the notebook, um, Moody was just kinda like, even before buying the notebook, Moody was just kind of showing off all these nice places to Pearl and being like, here, take this, and here, take that, and like, trying to buy her all these things to impress her or to win her over, and in the end, he couldn't do that, in the end, you can't do that because you can't buy love, or, and, or you can't fake love. Um, and again, with the Richardson family as a whole, how Mrs. Richardson is so structured with her children, and she doesn't really, she cares about how other people perceive her family, but she doesn't care about what's actually going on in her family, it feels like. She's much more interested in how other people feel about her and I feel like that comes out later towards the end of the book because she starts snooping around in other people's lives to almost kind of find out how they feel about her in a way, even though that's not what happens in her investigation of that stuff. question again kind of similar is can relationships be made out of will um no not, the, not a person will but like the will isn't like your your want can a relationship be made out of pressure to be a relationship i don't know It's complicated. But I would have to lean towards no. As siblings, especially between you and Lydia, because you two are always fighting. Well, mom and you didn't hear that. <laughs> when mom or dad or somebody yell at you, "Hey, you kids, stop fighting, get along," you don't. You just keep on fighting. <laughs> so, like, I think you can try it, but it doesn't work. And again, that's a theme that we see played out in the book where the Richardsons try to have a life together and they try to love each other but they're not really committing to it and they're only doing it out of peer pressure and in the end the one least likely to conform to peer pressure, Izzy, snaps and ends up burning the house down. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> um, well, not spoiler alert, because they started at the end, of the beginning of the book, saying that the house is burnt down. But yeah, so I personally don't think relationships can be made out of pure pressure, and I think that's something that the book is trying to convey as well. You got any thoughts on
1: that? Uh. You know how Mr. Willis's house burned down not too long ago? Yeah. How was this connected to relationships? Well, because you were talking about how that one person burned the house down. And not too long ago, that uh, Mr. Willis's house burned down.
0: Maybe Mr. Willis didn't have a very good relationship with his house.
1: Well... Do I have a, a good relationship with the house because look at these big uh well, things well, where do I peeled have the, a relationship with the house? No because the house isn't living. Well, I mean the house is a big symbol in the book. The book is, the, the house is almost like a person. Don't do that. We'll be able to hear you do, you can do that. Um, Who's going to hear this podcast by the way? okay
0: cool um but like i was saying the house is basically a symbol in itself um it almost has a personality in itself so can you have a relationship with a house um i don't know i feel like when it comes to the house being a symbol it's maybe more being a symbol of normality for Pearl, because a lot of the time when it's being used as a symbol, it's when Pearl is walking in and being like, wow, this isn't a house, this is an idea of a house, this is what a house should look like, not what a house does look like. And if you don't get that, they were basically using that to explain like, oh, this is like how a house looks like on TV, you know? Looking around your room right now, you've got trash all over your desk.
1: It's not trash. What, what is that water milk gallon thing just sitting there? I did not put that there. <laughs> Who did? Where did it come from? Well, Dad was working on my aquarium. I'm not blaming Dad, but what if he's not finished using it? What if he just set it there for later? Empty. <laughs> Maybe he wants to make a piggy bank out of the... Jug or something. Who knows?
0: Yeah, but that would not be in an ideal house, Quentin.
1: Well, if you took several plastic bottles and duct taped them together, you could make a house out of them. got a rocket made made out of toilet paper tubes. Cardboard, cardboard tubes. Well, like the paper towel rolls, and then it's got a nose cone made out of the paper.
0: Made
1: with markers what I believe it's made with I drew it and then cut it out
0: <laughs> you drew on a piece of wood and then cut it out
1: what yeah and it's a cow <laughs> this would not be in, in an ideal house though now the back looks weird because of weird. because of where I t- tried to draw another one and <laughs> messed up so only look at it from the front oh I back. put it back up on my thing. The
0: back, thing, back is a misformed cow. It like, this is not an ideal room. Oh. Throw in shade at your
1: room. How dare you say that? This is not what you expect the room to look like. It's got a rock. You have a rock. It is not just a rock. It is <laughs> art. It is art, Aislin. Okay. Don't you see? I took some charcoal and I drew a picture of, uh... Me petting Daisy. When she was alive. Okay. And see, I got all these trophies up here from basketball. The trophies that they gave you every year.
0: In an ideal house, though, your trophies would go in a trophy case.
1: But those aren't real trophies. (laughs) (laughs) We got to finish the podcast. We've been on it for like twenty two
0: Alright, we're back. That was probably a good interruption because we were kinda getting off topic there anyways. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, now what's the next question?
0: Okay, so the last one. Um, I don't really have any specific questions to ask about this, but an idea a major idea of the book that's present throughout the book. Is the relationship between a mother's love and commitment? Um, so things like, um, can a mother's love run out? Is it never ending? Um, yes. Yes to <laughs> um, commitment. You know, the how much commitment does it take to keep a family together? Um, Stuff like that do you have any ideas as of now that you'd like to talk about or would you like me to just kind of keep talking i, I can
1: talk but i'm tired because it's like 10 30. um uh the mother's love never runs out and it uh, probably takes commitment to keep the family together because Because we're always getting into arguments and stuff because we're siblings, and we're gonna use that as an excuse for right now. And we're gonna take it back to Aislin, and um, uh, yeah, uh, we, me and my little sister, get into a lot of arguments, and um you say that a mother's love is never ending but well, whoa we're Well yeah, but, but it but, can't, but can't end because, because when you're talking about all these fights and the energy that that a
0: mother would have to put into keeping family together, is a mother's energy never ending?
1: Can a mom burn out? Uh and it would be heck yeah. What it depends a, on what you mean by uh energy because like if if you mean energy as in uh why uh well I'm not talking about solar power, so that's what you're asking. Well yeah, well I I don't know because solar power it comes from <laughs>
0: mothers are solar
1: powered No no no. They're they're not solar po well maybe they are and that's why they wanna to go to sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Better represented by coal and oil. It's a stable energy source, but it's always about to run out. (laughs) Or it seems to be a stable energy source, but it's about to run out.
1: Or maybe that would just be like a mob's tolerance for things. I don't know why we're comparing these things. Uh, uh
0: What about commitment? What what comes to mind when you think of commitment?
1: Like <laughs> uh if you want to learn how to play a guitar, you have to have commitment because you have to stick with it and you have to keep trying. Even if you can't get it, that's like with any other thing, and, uh, yeah, you have to commit to it, and you, and, I feel like that's also a micro-theme that's seen in certain parts of the
0: book as well. Mrs. Richardson, even though she maybe isn't the most motherly in terms of love she's very committed to get what she wants and that i feel like that's the main reason why she has kids is because what she wants is an ideological ideological standard um you know having the american dream in quotations um you know the big house five kids all that you know white picket fence um Part of that is the kids, and I feel like that's part of the reason why she has the kids in the first place. Isn't because of necessarily motherly love, but because of commitment to that dream and commitment to that motivation.
1: Have you ever read *Tuck Everlasting*? No, I haven't. But I feel like I should. Uh, we we just finished the book today, and and in language arts. Maybe. So fires maybe I've never read Little Fires Tell Everywhere. It. Okay, $10. so there's this family who drank from the spring, and they. Wait, wait.
0: I think I've read Tug Everlasting. They drink from the spring and they like live forever. And-
1: Yeah, and, and they convince her not to drink the water. And there's this man in the yellow suit, like yeah. the guy from Curious George, yeah, you know, with the monkey friends. guy. And, and, like, uh, Curious George, the ape guy. And then there's Curious George where they're in a city. Yeah, in well, no, he's not. But he should be. Because that would have made it more interesting. And he would have been. He he could have. He could have replaced the toad. Instead of a toad hopping around. The monkey could be. Sw- or ape. Uh, I, uh, how long has it been since I've seen Keira's George? We're just going to call it. We're just going to call him. Let's just say the primate. What, 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 He'll just be swinging around the original, on the trees. What was the original comparison you were going to make? Uh, okay. About hold commitment. on. And, hold on. And, and she and uh May Tuck ends up killing the guy and, in the yellow suit. So, and, um, when I imagine the guy in the yellow suit, I imagine this one guy from Little House on the Prairie, but only he's in a yellow suit, in a way, and she, okay, and she kills him, and, and, um, with, with, like, she hits him with a shotgun, and she doesn't shoot him, and then she goes to jail, and they break her out of jail, and then the little girl climbs in the jail cell, and then, uh, she goes back home, and they run away, and then, like, 70 years later, uh, the tucks come back, and they find her grave, and she's dead, and, End of the story. And, um, okay, but what I was thinking of is, uh, her, uh, Winnie's parents, the little girl Winnie, uh, is concerned about her. When she gets kidnapped. Oh. Oh, okay. And
0: that, uh, so her parents were very committed.
1: And I am very tired.
0: Yeah, I think- to I think we're just past the point of reasoning now,
1: we're just, like, rambling on about
0: random things. Um,
1: and Curious George- I used to watch Curious George when I was little, I think. And Curious
0: George, in a way, is kind of a symbolism of a mother's love, because you think- But it's uh, a guy. Well, yeah, but mother's love doesn't technically have to be from a mother, it's just, like, an idea, so, like, so but banana- it'd be more like
1: Father's Love.
0: Kinda, yeah. Like Banana Soup guy with, like, banana George's dad. You know, he's... He's just... He's a role model, and he's, got, Lego he's got a lot of love for George, you know?
1: You want to watch Building Legos? No.
0: <laughs> Why are you on your phone? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, it's like 11 o'clock now. We need to just stop. Wait, I want to
1: pull up a picture of Curious George. Curious. George. <laughs>
0: Well, guys, I think that's the end of discussion for today. Wait, Um, wait, what?
1: Oh, okay. They just drew a tail on Curious George. He doesn't have a tail. See, man in the yellow suit and Curious George.
0: Oh, yeah, look at that picture. They're both staring
1: happily in
0: the distance. He's, like, holding his hand. Little house on the prairie. We're now comparing him
1: in the house on the prairie. Is it Pop? No. I forget his name. Alright, let's end
0: the and pon- the podcast. <laughs> podcast. Alright. Well, I think that's we all. Pass we- out. Yeah, we may end up passing out on air. <laughs> um... But, yeah, so, that's the end of the podcast for today. Um, next podcast will be about poetry. Um, I will be reciting a poem and analyzing it similar to the podcast Poetry Unbound. Um, and comparing it to Little Fires Everywhere. So, uh, yeah. See you next time, guys.